Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. Like Perry, we may never know what her power animal is. Whitney Nelson. That's me. (laughs) And he also gets chills when he really listens to the words to the Pledge of Allegiance. Evan Wells. I do. America. So that's just a weird way to start the show, America. Never thought, <laughs> never thought we'd be going there. All right. <laughs> Up top, as always, just want to mention uh, website is coolbreezepod.com. Uh, email is coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. Thank you for those of you who are watching live with us on Periscope. We tend to do this from time to time, as my co host just let me know. I determine our streaming fate. Uh, <laughs> you do. He does. The, so. the streaming schedule is 100% at Andrew's whim. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Ellie Parker, maybe not an episode worth streaming, but Thumbsucker, maybe an episode worth streaming. That's Could be. Who knows? <laughs> You know, Not we, don't us. Know, we don't find out till you find out, listening audience. So. It's true. We're, we're all flying by the seat of our pants here. So join us. Join us or don't. I mean, yeah, there's no way for us to know, I guess. <laughs> I'll tell no. myself that. Uh, you can always uh, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coolbreezepod. If you dig what we do, want to support it in any kind of way. Uh, if you don't want to throw any bucks our way, that's totally cool. Uh, a review on iTunes would be very helpful, very appreciated. And uh, just like, you know, that's that's your way to be very excellent to us, I think, really, as we as we suggest at the end of every show, be excellent to each other. A review would be one way to do that, I think. Yeah, we are. We're considered in that bucket of each other. So um, <laughs> yeah, to you, a listener. Yeah, we fall into the purview of each other. We are your each other. <laughs> so do good. Yep. <laughs> and so with Here that, we are. <laughs> Ev, um, let's let's. What are we here talking about today? Oh man, today, Andrew and Whitney and our adoring fans, we are talking about the film Thumbsucker. Correct. Oh boy. The plot synopsis from IMDb is as such. Justin throws himself and everyone around him into chaos when he attempts to break free from his addiction to his thumb. Mm. Okay. It was written and... You say so. (laughs) I don't say so. IMDb says so. Um, It was written and directed by Mike Mills, who also directed Beginners, 20th Century Women, and the soon-to-release Come On, Come On. Um, co-starring alongside Keanu in this film is Lou Taylor Pucci, Tilda Swinton, Vincent D'Onofrio, Kelly Garner, and Vince Vaughn. Mm. However, I am most curious, Whitney, as to how the critics and the audiences, you know, reacted to this movie. What do you got? Uh, well, both critics and audiences agree. Wow. 71%. Whoa. For both critics and audience. I think that might be the first time they've ever oh, matched yeah. to the number. A dead tie. Uh, yeah. So we have a, a critic quote 
from Ken Tucker of New York Magazine, who says, unlike so many movies in which a character changes in order to propel the plot forward, this one stops to follow up on the consequences of those changes. Oh, okay. And we have a user quote from Alexa A., who gave it three and a half out of five stars on Rotten Tomatoes. And Alexa says, every performance in this movie is natural. The characters feel like ordinary, everyday people. I liked that. The soundtrack was nice as well as catchy in many parts for me. The story about a teenager resorting to some fucking as a... Did I say that right? Thumb sucking? Or did I say self fucking? I think you said some anyway. fucking, but I love that. As a coping mechanism for his behavioral disorder... May seem ludicrous at first, but the film executes it well enough to work. Hmm. Okay. Three out of five. <laughs> that's the review. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So we did not. Uh, we did not discuss any of. Uh, we did, we not did not talk about this beforehand. So we're yeah. all going in blind here. About, yeah. Um. What we think. Hmm. Does anyone want to take the wheel first, or maybe I'll take the wheel. I'll drive. Okay, let's do it. I got the next leg. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I did not think I was going to enjoy this movie. <laughs> I did not think you were going to enjoy this movie. Actually, I don't know. Uh, just going into it, I think we've been on we we've been on a little bit of a downtrend for movie quality. Unbelievable. And and so I guess I was just I had established a little bit of a rut. Um. <laughs> But once one thing happened at the beginning of this movie, when I saw that the music was by Elliot Smith, I immediately got mm-hmm. excited. Okay. Um, and then when I started to see the, the cast, cause I really did no research prior. I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. what is going on here? There's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's pretty nuts. Um, so I will say I got thrown off uh, in the beginning because for the first time ever, D'Onofrio and and Vaughn were weirdly the similar. Movie? Yeah, and it was kind of like, well, hold on, are they that... related? Yeah, <laughs> who? It, yeah, so that took me a second. But anyway, here's, here's what happened to me though. I saw D'Onofrio and I was like, wait, they didn't even credit Mark Ruffalo in this. <laughs> yeah. I've always said, I've always said, and it's really mean to Vincent D'Onofrio, but I've always said that Vincent D'Onofrio is the poor man's Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah. man! I mean, they are very close. Like that's interesting. In they this... look like brothers. Yeah, it's real what's weird, weird is Mark Ruffalo and Vince Vaughn look nothing alike, but Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> look like brothers, and yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio and Mark Ruffalo look like <laughs> yeah. brothers. It's just brothers yeah. from another mother. That's all. Half that's brothers. it. Um, I generally I liked did, it. I did write in my notes that Vincent D'Onofrio looks older in this movie than he looks now. Yeah, true. Mm. It's the hair. It's acting. Um, so the pacing was mostly good. I think there were a couple slow moments, but um, I'm, I'm, I think it was mostly fine. Um, the, the plot was just interesting. Um, I, 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 I sat there at the beginning of the movie. I was like, what, what are they going to do with a, like a teenager that sucks his thumb? Like, how are they going to make a story out of this? Yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the I will say the ending, I couldn't tell. You know, I'm kind of an idiot, so you know it could have just been buried in symbolism. But the ending didn't necessarily like nail it for me. 
Okay. Um, I wanted a little more. Uh, but anyway, character development I thought was very impressive. Uh, every character in this movie had immense change throughout the film, uh, which was really cool to see. The story is obviously pretty original. I think just the arc is kind of, you know, the the classic like teenager struggle and trouble at home and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But th- when you get down into the details, I think it's a very original story. And then technically speaking, there was a lot of cool stuff in this in this movie. Um, you know, some of the some of the coloring that they did was really interesting. Some of those like dream states were wild. I kept getting like weird Donnie Darko vibes every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it kind of dipped a little bit into like <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine here and there. And so I just really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and I think Keanu was perfectly casted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he He played like in this movie, he plays like a hippie dentist to start, which is such a strange character. But at the same time, I had a hippie dentist growing up. <laughs> um, this you guy literally, <laughs> this guy drove a Saab with like 300,000 miles on it. And he painted a rainbow on the trunk lid. Oh, and yeah. he was, his office mirrored the office in this movie, uh, down to the Muzak that was playing over the speakers. So, um, that was really interesting to see, but even Keanu had huge change through the movie. So, um, I, I really enjoyed this. I surprised myself and how much I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it definitely worked for me. Cool. Well, that's good mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. I like it. Who's up? I, you know, it's funny. I, Whitney has been, mm-hmm suspiciously quiet i don't know if i if i had to take a guess (laughs) that's a good call if i had to take a guess i would say that if 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 whitney went next and then i went it would be like a kind of a compliment sandwich almost maybe i don't know i i really don't know but should we pile Uh, should we pile on or what i don't know uh, let's compliment sandwich i guess i'll go next Ooh, nice um so i didn't hate it I will just say, I have been very quiet. I didn't love the movie. Okay. Uh, I didn't hate it. it. It it would be very hard to be more middle of the road than I felt about this movie. Interesting. Um, it's very Jim Jarmusch-y. Yes. It was very much a coming-of-age broken flowers. Except for there's way more done close up in very tight frames, like right in the character's grills, mm-hmm. instead of backing up and giving the characters the space to be awkward and in their feelings like Jim Jarmusch does. And I feel like that actually, I know that was supposed to heighten the tension and intensity of the feelings and whatever, but I feel like it actually did the opposite for me and took me more out of it than a Jim Jarmusch film does because he just lets you sit in the silences away from the character's feeling their feelings. And in this, you're right up in their faces, feeling their feelings. And for me, it made it a little bit too much for me to get fully invested in the movie. Um, They tried pretty hard to give the movie an out of time ageless vibe, which is kind of some of the stuff that you touched on Evan in the look, like the coloring and the whatever they, they didn't go out of their way to make it a like, absolutely no sign of the times in there. But I 
felt it was interesting that they tried to go for ageless considering the subject matter of ADHD being so modern. Like this particular movie being about, you know, Ritalin to cope with things or sucking your thumb to cope with things and hypnosis to cope with things and whatever is just so very modern that I just feel like it's interesting that they tried to go a little bit more um, ageless with the, you know, the TV was older and the the clothes were a little bit more ambiguous, even on the teenagers. And I thought that was interesting. Um, hmm. I had a lot of feelings about the ADHD and the riddle and stuff. Um, my personal experience of having ADHD and being medicated for it is so vastly different that I can't even discuss it from my point of view. Like I have as much insight into this as anyone else would, um, mm. because it's so vastly different, but I wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed until I was, you know, mid thirties. And so it's very like, it was not at all involved with, you know, teenagers and hormones and all of that shitty stuff that happens when you're a teenager it was not involved in any of that it wasn't until much later in my life that I was diagnosed and started taking medication so um but it was not like flipping a switch like that uh for me at all <laughs> it, it was um, it was like he took the limitless pill you know yeah <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah wow why doesn't everybody do this yeah, yeah. it's a little exaggerated <laughs> um but I also think Whitney that they were trying to reflect that this was like the start of ADHD. Like when it started to like blow up, if you will, mm-hmm. which, which would have been, I guess, I don't know. What do we want to say? Like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but I guess 20 years ago from now. So we have to think about that. But I, I think I know what you're saying, but uh, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. Like they, it, it was almost an anachronistic, approach a little bit yeah they just tried to like keep technology out of it yeah and and they you know everyone was walking anytime you saw them they tried to keep cars out of it anything that would like put a very specific time and place on the movie they kept out on purpose and i noticed that as like from a film point of view you can see when they're doing that on purpose in any movie before it actually becomes apparent that they're doing it just from a behind the scenes thing, because it actually takes a lot of work to like go into a house and set dress it and set dress it with nothing modern. Yeah. Mm. With all stuff that's potentially ambiguous. And there are a few things that, that gave you, you know, a sign sign of the times, but those were more tied to the plot. Um, a lot of it, they tried to kind of back off of a little bit. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know why this, I, I'm going to coin a term here. I don't know why the soundtrack did not go full garden state. Um, <laughs> because it was a very good soundtrack. Yeah. And I felt like it was very garden state esque in nature and the garden state soundtrack literally for years, every, grocery store every house party like everywhere you went it was the garden state soundtrack yeah. i'm not complaining i like the garden state soundtrack i was one mm-hmm. of those people that was causing the problem but <laughs> this soundtrack was also very very good and i had never heard of this as like a good soundtrack movie um and then it wasn't until the credits that i was like oh elliot smith put the music together that right. makes sense because it was very elliot smith type music mm-hmm. um but I feel like 
the movie didn't have enough of a like the characters all did a very good job. Everyone acted their butts off. I feel like the characters didn't have enough. Not that they didn't have an arc as far as character development goes. I feel like they didn't have enough of an arc as a story goes. I felt like we were watching the wrong story. I want to see the story of the hippie orthodontist who like decides to shake all of his hippie beliefs and like go nine to five (laughs) with a tie and a haircut (laughs) and um, then like relapses into giving up all of his like facades about what men should be and it starts chain smoking in a divey orthodontist office (laughs) and like Keanu's character was so much more interesting than anything else that happened in the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. with his like philosophical stuff and his huge character arc because he's just like this radical hippie and then he's like no I'm so straight laced and I need to let all of those things die in me and then he's like whatever, man, Uh, people are people and I've just got to accept all of my flaws. And now I'm, you know, working under fluorescent lighting in this dingy strip mall and chain smoking. And it's like, it's just so, (laughs) such a weird thing. And he, Keanu was so good in that role that I was like, I want to see more of that. I don't really care what's going on with this kid or I had a lot of problems with Vincent D'Onofrio, not because of his acting, because his acting was very good, but his, uh, parenting was tapped into some stuff for me personally mm. that was a little bit like put me on edge. Um, mm. So like, I didn't care about the dad. I didn't care about the mom. I didn't care about the kid. I kind of cared about the little brother. Mm. But other than that, like they were all interesting and they were all well acted, but I just didn't care about them. Like I cared about Keanu in this. And I was like, wait, go back to him. Why are we saying more of what's happening with him? Cause that's a lot of personality change in like six months. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I left it with not really caring about it one way or the other. There's some stuff they did that I think is interesting. The overall story I just didn't get into and I think they followed the wrong person. I think the story of this, the arc of the orthodontist is way more interesting to me. Um, which if you're watching a movie and you're like, this side character's plot is more interesting to me, there's something wrong there. And that's just <laughs> for me personally. I don't think it was a poorly made movie. I just didn't like it. You, you but liked I didn't the appropriate it. thing. You liked Keanu, which that's why we're all here, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. So... That's cool. All right. Good. Good to know. That's good. Uh, so this is, it feels like we're all going to be a little bit more positive than I thought. I, I, you know, Whitney, you, 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 you know, you, you juked there on me. I thought you were going <laughs> to really tear into this thing. I, uh, no. I, I agree with both of you. I think that this is a really well-told coming of age tale. Um, I'll start with Keanu. As we have said, this might be for me, like top three Keanu role we've ever seen. I mm. like what you said, Whitney, like I want the movie of this guy. Not mm-hmm. that, not that I didn't, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit more positive on the, the main characters in terms what of what like, is the turmoil that this guy went through. Yes. It was like to reevaluate the... <laughs> his life and then reevaluate his life again. Yeah. We see the bike crash. And that, I think that might've been the last thing we, mm-hmm. before he's a totally different person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really, really good. This fit him so well. It was essentially like, remember how he was like pretty great in 
what was it? Something's got to give is like the doctor character as well. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is just like a natural extension of that. But we just brought more of Keanu the person into it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. In terms of, I think last week we called this uh, like an indie darling. And it certainly Mm -hmm. is one of those. Mm -hmm. It is a one of those. It starts off, you know, like. It's actually a lot like Garden State in a lot of ways. Yeah. They. At movies at this time, they always kind of took like a, they were like, let's just add in like one slightly off kilter thing, like a premise here that'll make you question. Like we call our parents by their first names. Why? It's because when we call them mom and dad, they make one feels old and makes the other one sound old. It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's an indie movie. Fine. Throw that away. Um, I really liked Justin's progression. Like I liked his I liked his arc from like closed off kind of weird kid to kind of the apex predator of the debate team, I guess. Whoa. And then he kind That's of That's a fun way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he kind of, yeah. Yeah, in more ways than one. And then he kind of settles into he like splits the difference between them in the end, right? He like, you know. Yeah. I I I thought that was really interesting to see. And I think he played it well. Like, it didn't feel like, uh, it felt earned is what I'm saying. And then everybody they surrounded him with, and we, you know, let's, obviously this applies to Keanu, but his parents, his little brother, his, like, you know, I'm air quoting girlfriend, whatever. Um, they all felt very real. To me, like they mm-hmm. have troubles, they have backstories, they have ambitions. Like, well, I think that's the thing with the Jim Jarmusch style, yes. where you like don't try to rush the plot points, is you give everything a chance to breathe. And if you've got a decent cast in there, they can really fill it out with real people. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that that's something that the movie did benefit from. Is they all felt very fully developed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably, I, I mean, like, I feel like I knew the, like, I had friends and these were their parents growing up. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I kind of knew people like this. It was weird. So there well, was Like that... I said, Vincent D'Onofrio was a little bit triggering for me. So. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It that... resonated for me very much as reality as well. Yeah. The, um, I, as I kind of replay it, because I, I got the jump on this movie. I was a little bit interested. Generally, it's like, you know, we, we're going to do the recording and it's like, if I'm really terrible, I'll watch it like today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But some, usually it's like the day before or maybe like two days. And like I watched this like last week and it kind of stuck with me, like the themes of like self-worth, like in terms of like a family, like where you fit in the family and sometimes where mm-hmm. you're placed as a result of where other people are, like that little mm-hmm. brother relationship. He says that thing mm-hmm. about like, you ever mm-hmm. think like, I have to be normal? I have to be normal because everyone's like, always dealing with your bullshit. Yes, like what a that line. Great. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really good. And the kid delivered it super well. Right. And yeah, that was like, I was like, holy shit, like very powerful stuff. And, and likewise, uh, I think it's the last line that D'Onofrio has where, you know, he finds out that he's going to New York and he was like, you leave. And you're like, I was just getting used to you. And I'm like, holy shit. Like that. that yeah. I got punched in the face with that line. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a lot of really great, like individual character work. They dealt with a lot of different themes, I think pretty well. I, I will 
also just I I, th- I piggybacked on Whitney's point already. The the Ritalin ADHD thing. I think that was just kind of a vehicle to get us where we need to be with this character. I don't know if there would have been an easier way to have him I think have such a rise. I think that's why I had such a problem with it, though, is because it's like it wasn't integral to the story. It was just like a method to get there. Yeah. And I feel like, why are you talking about it at all if it's not a main cog of this person's story? Yeah, absolutely. There's no need to go there. So, yeah, that's and that's basically. Yeah, I could have that whole part I could have taken or left it, whatever. But, you know, a lot of the things that he experiences throughout this is his senior year, right? In high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, oh, I think in some, you know, to some greater or lesser degree, I've I've experienced that in high school or maybe like my memory of how I experienced it in high school. So you're like, oh, it takes me back. Good movie tends to do that. I'm right there with Evan on the rest of the stuff, like cinematography, editing, all mm-hmm. that great stuff. Soundtracks on point. Loved everything about that. Um, yeah, overall, I you know, I I was pleasantly surprised. Generally, when we don't hear about Keanu Reeves movies, as as we've been burned so so yeah. very often, it's there's like, definitely trepidation going into yeah. certain Keanu Reeves movies where it's like, I don't know how this one's gonna be. Like, oh, great! Is this another goddamn dog star cameo or what? <laughs> <laughs> so, but this was really really well done. So that I think overall we're all pretty pretty positive. You know, more positive than not on it. I think is safe. Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly ambiguous about it. Ambiguous but, to okay, but too too ambiguous or too positive and one ambiguous overall is quite positive. <laughs> right, that's that's good math. We, we, t- <laughs> <laughs> we tipped the scales, so I can math real good. You guys, <laughs> that's <up>. good. <laughs> so, any other thoughts before we move along here? Or is it time? I don't think so. I think it's time. Oh. Do you think- do you think anyone in our listening audience sucks their thumb? <laughs> Evan, that's my sister used to suck her thumb. But uh, into I am teenage a hair years, twirler. I have twirled my hair since I was uh, had hair, and no, I like, still do it now. Into teenage years, for she, thumb sucking. Whitney, ju- <laughs> Whitney just said she twirls. It's just a different coping mechanism. I, I mean. I don't know. It's just that no one made me stop because it didn't require orthodontia. Um, yeah, right. It's <laughs> right. not expensive. But We're it's the same kind of soothing habit. <laughs> it's just stimming, right. you know? And and this is as the more I get into like the ADHD and the, the neuro, neurodiverse stuff. It's just stimming. Any, anything that anyone does repetitively like that, that, you know, in stressful situations is is fine. But for me, it, you know, it can literally cause your jaw and your skull to change shape, which is why it's a bad habit specifically in that regard. That's why um, right. you got to get the hypnosis to make it taste weird, apparently. Yeah. But I have I have split ends in one section of my hair and have my whole life because I won't stop twirling it and then pulling my finger through the twirled piece of hair. Um, I think there are probably there are far worse habits. So I think you're fine. Yeah, that seems yeah. okay. That's not. I'm, it's, it's my it's comforting. Opinion. So I get it. Like I, I definitely resonated with that part of it. like if it weren't for the fact that it can literally cause your jaw and your teeth to be weird. I I would have been 
firmly on the side of sucking his thumb the whole movie. But <laughs> yeah. Psychologically, huh. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's what Keanu No, there's not. <laughs> I'm with third act Keanu on that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry nice. if I contributed to your... <laughs> he was great. He was great. Watch mm-hmm. it for him. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's time. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to play? Evan goes first, right? right well, hold on. Because we, we got to tee it up. Come on. Okay. It's, yeah, it's super I just important. wanted to make sure that I had it in my notes right that Evan did the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Evan, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Here we go. Pop <laughs> quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose? <laughs> I don't lose. I win. You got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Periscope, I see you watching. Pop Quiz is our very own quizzer show where the host, in this case Whitney, asks the contestants each three questions worth a point. If one of us gets it wrong, the other player has a chance to steal. Whitney may also add bonus questions worth a point value of her choosing. Are there bonus questions, mm. Whitney? I don't know. Uh, there's one, but it's a gimme. Oh, that's what Evan likes to hear. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> Uh, there was not much in the way of trivia for this one. Mm, I had to stretch a, a bit. Yeah. I f- you know, I figured maybe cast-wise it might have had some cool stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's a small production. So generally there's not a lot of like, can you imagine? Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that voice was. <laughs> can you do it the rest of the time? <laughs> I think we would lose all listeners if I did that. The, uh, the current oh. scores are as follows. Whitney, I don't want to talk about it. Whitney's got a lot of points. She's got 92 she has, points. She has all of them. Uh, Ev has 51, and I have 56. As Whitney said before, uh, Evan is going first today. So I guess when whenever you're ready. All right. Evan. Huh? Who was initially cast in the role of Rebecca, the, like, girlfriend mm-hmm. character is it a scarlett johansson b <laughs> hillary swank or c rachel mcadams whoa <laughs> neat <laughs> dang uh neat <laughs> classic uh, stall i'm leaning towards Rachel. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go with Rachel. That is incorrect. Of course it is. Oh boy. Andrew. Let me just say before I answer that the 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 I can't remember the actress's name. Um uh Kelly something or other. She was awesome in this role. So mm-hmm. uh yeah. Given that. I'm thinking, I think I'm going to go with Scarlet on this one. That's correct. God, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so upset about that. <laughs> wow. What a movie that would have been. Yeah. She, Yeah, she would have done good, though, because she's got that, like, dismissive thing nailed. I mean, and if it was an Asian character, she would have did even better, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a little inside anyway. baseball Scarlett Johansson joke. All right. Oh my God. 
Andrew. Which of these actors, all three born in 1981, which is the real mindfuck right here, was initially cast in the lead role as Justin before being deemed too old? Is it A, Tom Hiddleston, B, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or C, Elijah Wood? No freaking way! What? (laughs) All three of those people are the same age. Wow. What? (laughs) Oh my God. My mind is blown. Who? I know, right? When I I was looking up people who were born in 1981, I was like, no way. No way. No way. For some reason, Elijah Wood's like 20 years old for me forever. I know that's not true, but like, he's always- younger. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, visually, if, if, if like, I'm casting director and I'm like looking for a type, I'm gonna go with Joseph Gordon-Levitt on this one. Incorrect. God damn it. I'm just going to stay in the Avengers world and go with Hiddleston. Incorrect. <laughs> it was Elijah Wood. We were both like harping like, you're so young and neither of us shows. It was right. It was right there. It Andrew. was right there. I was terrible. That's why I don't cast things. God damn it. Okay. Evan. Huh. The two leads in this movie... Mm-hmm. Played Justin and Rebecca co-starred together in a music video. Which music video is it? What? A. Aftermath by REM. B. Beck by Beck. Or C. Jesus of Suburbia, Green Day. <laughs> oh man! What a uh, smorgasbord of music videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Hmm. I'm going with Beck. Incorrect. <laughs> I'm so good at this game. <laughs> oh my god. Andrew, REM or Green Day? Going Green Day on this one, Whitney. That's correct. Woo! Whatever. I was just a time and a place. Not that I was a, a huge fan of that, but I was well, like, all, that kinda... all three of those music videos came out in the same year. Oh. I did yeah, a lot of Andrew. research on 2004. I forgot for that... these questions. You know, I forgot that REM continued to play music past whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like losing mm-hmm. my religion or whatever. I was like, so yeah. that's, that's so kind of timeliness. Timeliness was not a factor. Got it. Okay. All right. That's, that's also crazy that all of those yeah. songs came out. The yes, same it year. is. <laughs> all right, Andrew. Oh boy. Justin is browsing, browsing through a copy of what book while waiting in the orthodontist's waiting room? Oh. Is it? Be Here Now by Ram Das, The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton, or Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> I don't ever pay attention to this stuff. So I'm going uh, I'm going Ram Das on this one, Whitney. That's correct. Yes! Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Andrew, I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Oh my god. Evan. <laughs> yeah. Which video game are characters in the movie seen playing? Is it Half-Life 2, Halo 2, or Metal Metal Gear Solid 3? What? Oh, this one I know. No way. Evan and video games? No way. Everybody knows the game where the gun overheats 
But now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Halo. It was Halo 2. Okay. You did it! Thank the Lord. He's on the board. I guess that makes me a gamer. You are. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you play games, you're a gamer. So. Yeah, I don't though. So well, then you're not. So that's <laughs> easy as that. Getting a Halo question right does not a gamer make you. <laughs> Damn it. Literally just playing games makes yeah. you a gamer. Okay, fine. Andrew. All right. In the movie, it is stated that Ritalin and cocaine have only three molecules difference from oh. one another. Uh, yeah. What statement is actually correct? <gasps> Ooh. Both cocaine and Ritalin are actually single molecules. Cocaine isn't a molecule, it's a compound. Or, while the physical effects of cocaine and Ritalin are almost identical, chemically, they are completely different. That's fun. Now. <laughs> thanks I to did my, do research for this one. Yeah, thanks to my vast cocaine experience. No, I mm -hmm. can <laughs> um, I'm going to guess uh, C, that they are vastly different. Incorrect. God damn it. Ooh. Okay. Kevin? Can I have, can you say A and B again, please? Mm -hmm. So they say that Ritalin and cocaine have only three molecules of difference. Mm -hmm. Are they actually both single molecules or cocaine isn't a molecule at all? It's a compound. Those are your choices. Come on, Ev, you got this. Um, I think feel like cocaine is a molecule so Wait. okay what no i, I okay <laughs> no i like yeah okay uh a i'm going with a correct <laughs> yes <laughs> cocaine and ritalin are single molecules uh, they meant atoms mm. they have three atoms difference within the molecule why would oh. they say that wrong I don't know. It does not make any sense to me. No. It sounds okay, nerdier somehow to say Bonus it. question, like I said, oh. is a little bit of a gimme. <gasps> Ooh. Is it it's the first one to answer it. Oh. <laughs> which, which movie also has Keanu Reeves and Tilda Swinton in it? Ah, uh, damn it. It's not that. Uh, uh, uh. I haven't even seen this movie and I knew the answer. Oh, come on. That doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, no, no, no. Stop. Don't say it. <laughs> First one I hear from wins. Two points. Uh, I'll give Constantine. You... All right. Yes, correct. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Isn't that next? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That yes. That's what I needed to hear from Whitney. She was like, I didn't even see this one. I'm like, she didn't see Constantine. Ah! It's fine. <laughs> I'll give it to you. How many points is Wait, that one, Whitney? Did you have it? You didn't say Two it? Two points. That's fine. I, I held uh, off. Look. Hey, ladies and gentlemen of the listening audience, I have arrived at the point of pity in this game, for those of you that are following along. <laughs> Andrew is giving up points. I wanted to see if you were going to guess the right answer. I was actually kind of curious to see what your answer would be. So... So I don't cry uh, <laughs> on the recording. <laughs> Listen, Ev, 
It's our game at this point. Like I've said, mm-hmm. like we said, basically six episodes in. It's just our game now, right? Mm-hmm. It's fine. Well done. Well done. Jesus. The points. Uh, I really shouldn't win this game. It kind of makes me mad on your behalf because I literally, I watch the movies the day that we record because if I watch it any other time, I won't remember the movie by the time we record. Like if I watched it yesterday, I would be like, what movie? Who people? I don't know. So I watch it right before we record so that I have it fresh in my mind and know all of my thoughts and feelings about it. Uh, there's no reason why I should win a memory recall game. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's a, well, you said it's it just before. my deductive reason. Yeah, it's a, it's a guess. It's like educated guessing. Yeah. And then sometimes. I know enough about movies and I know enough about when they came out and whatever to be able to kind of work out a timeline or, you know, narrow down answers in my head, but. I think you have probably Ooh. a variation on the gift that that multi champion, uh, multi Jeopardy champion Ken Jennings has, where he says <laughs> he ties his facts to places. Like he's an amazing, he's amazing at geography, and then he ties mm. the facts to places, and that makes it easier. So you probably have yeah. this. I mean, I think part version. of it is that I went to film school from 2004 to 2006. There you go. So like. There's movies before film school, movies during film school, and the movies after film school. And it's not like a, a hardened, uh, uh, like fast system, but I do feel like it's helped me out so far in trivia in that I can like think of what was out and what people were talking about and what we saw in class and that exactly. sort of thing as far as like actors and plot lines and cinematography and whatever. I think that's what it is for me. I think it's a, t- a school film school thing. Well, it's working. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. whatever the magic is, it's working because you continue to have 92 points. Evan moves up to 55 and I move up to 59. So again, it's close. It's close. You got to get it on the day. So Whitney, whenever you're ready. Yeah, so I am just going to read the Wikipedia summary. I did write line by line what happened in the movie, but it was so long because everything that was happening was more like gestures and thoughts than it was dialogue. Yeah. So I feel like I ended up writing something that would take me two hours to repeat. And in which case, just go watch the movie. Just spend your 95 minutes watching the movie instead. Yeah. Um, So this is from Wikipedia. Uh, Justin Cobb is a shy 17-year-old in a family of four in suburban Oregon. He has a persistent thumb-sucking habit his father disapproves of, which has led to major orthodontic repair. He addresses his parents by their first names, Mike and Audrey, so as not to make his father feel old. Audrey, a registered nurse, Tilda Swinton, is idly fascinated by the actor Matt Tram, played by Benjamin Bratt, and she enters a contest to win a date with him. She insists a lot that it is innocent fun but she is inordinately concerned with looking attractive for the contest Mm -hmm. justin struggles on his school debate team which is led by mr geary who is vince vaughn which he joined to get closer to his environmentalist classmate rebecca he tries to start a relationship with her but she rejects him after he cannot open up to her about his thumb-sucking habit. At a regular checkup, Justin's orthodontist, Dr. Perry Lyman, played by Keanu Reeves, indicates that he can tell Justin is still sucking his thumb and attempts hypnosis, coaching Justin to find his power animal, which is a deer, 
and suggesting that his thumb will taste like echinacea. This works, and Justin finds his thumb distasteful, but falls deeper into frustration without the crutch. After Justin conspires with his brother to disrupt Dr. Lyman in a bicycle race with Justin's father, his school counselor prods the cobs to give him Ritalin. They were like, we got to fix this kid. Let's medicate him. Yeah. While his parents wring their hands over, Justin insists that he needs Almost immediately after beginning treatment, Justin has elevated energy, confidence, focus. He begins to excel on the debate team. Like Andrew said, it's like the limitless <laughs> pill. It's, it's instantaneous. Yeah, he unseats Rebecca everything. from the star position, and then she quits the team and drifts into the stoners crowd. Mm-hmm. Justin's newfound aggressiveness nets the debate team repeated rewards. Simultaneously, he begins to challenge the neuroses of adults around him, particularly their struggles with aging, which is a big thing about his father. His father's, this isn't in the Wikipedia notes, but his father is very stuck in the past and has really never moved on the fact from the fact that he injured his knee and couldn't play professional ball. Yeah. You've seen this character before. Everything is about aging with the dad. Like that's why the names, because they don't, mom and dad makes them feel old anything that reminds him of success is not allowed Hmm. it's the whole thing anyway justin starts to really get in there and and needle all of the adults around him and their neuroses with a somewhat deceitful cover letter he applies to nyu (laughs) in spite of his mother's urging that he go to college closer to home Consistently throughout the movie, he's told that he does not have the grades to get into NYU. Yeah. And he does write a compelling but somewhat deceitful cover letter as part of this riddle and makes him limitless thing. (laughs) (laughs) After rambling incoherently at the state debate championship, which is definitely true, that was a very painful scene to watch. Yes. It was. I was bummed. He he really lost it, and just nothing he said makes sense. He got called out. Mm-hmm. So he quits the debate team, throws away the Ritalin, and seeks out Rebecca to hook him up with pot. During their smoking sessions, Rebecca blindfolds him and engages with him in kissing and other sexual activity, which Justin interprets as a relationship. But when he broaches the subject... She's like, no, this was an experiment. You're too serious about everything all of the time, which is true. He is. Yeah. He quits both her and the drugs. Both Justin and his father suspect that Audrey is having an affair with Benjamin Bratt after she is transferred to a celebrity rehab facility where he has been committed. Attempting to catch his mother in the act, He goes to the um, facility in the evening and actually meets Benjamin Bratt sneaking a cigarette in the bushes outside. And he learns the very unromantic truth that his mother saved this (laughs) actor's life by fisting a guy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, It was was so much blood. There was There's so much blood. He had a condom full of cocaine that he tried to smuggle into rehab. And then he tried to get it out and things went awry and there was blood everywhere. And she just went in there and dug it out and saved his life. Oh, 
So it is not an affair. In fact, it's the least sexy thing I can think of at the moment. I thought that was a nice twist. Like, did you guys mm-hmm. see that coming that she was just going to be a wholesome person? Or did you think you were going to? Yeah. Because they tried, I feel like they could have uh, like pulled the wool a little bit more than just a picture that said like love on it. I feel like they could have planted a few more seeds to make you think that it was, that it was happening. Yeah. I don't know. It was very apparent to me the whole time that she just wanted to feel special to somebody anybody mm-hmm. didn't really matter who her kids her husband some movie star maybe like she just wanted to feel special she, it was really never about an affair or about even having a crush on a on a celebrity it was really just about wanting to feel special mm-hmm. so i never would have bought no matter how much stuff they threw I don't think I ever would have bought or I would have been really upset because I feel like they led it completely the wrong direction. I would never have bought that. Um, she was having an affair with a celebrity in rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next day after this whole cocaine up the butt story, he <laughs> receives an acceptance letter from NYU. His limitless riddle in letter did the trick and he got in. And that's when Vincent D'Onofrio says, the, damn, I just finally started getting used to you. It's like, oof. Yeah. And then he looks up and seeks out his orthodox to get a final checkup. Not because he really needs a final checkup, but because he wants to talk to his orthodontist, who was, at the very beginning, compelling him to change what about himself, like he couldn't control and blah, blah, blah. So he goes to Dr. Lyman. And uh, Dr. Lyman reveals that his discovery that some th- thumb sucking, wow, I keep doing that, thumb sucking mm-hmm. I like is it. not a medically debilitating problem. It's just a coping mechanism. And he says, everyone has their own flaws and nobody has all the answers. That in fact, learning to live without having the answers is perhaps the answer. So and cool. then... It was very good. And then he goes to New York and on his flight to New York, dreams of reaching his goal of being a TV anchor, sharing the truth with the world, which has really only slipped in there in the last minute and a half of film time, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up sleep talking with his thumb in his mouth on the plane and an attractive girl smiling at him. And he's embarrassed at first, but then gets a little bit self-confident and introduces himself to the attractive girl on the plane. And then we cut to him running through Times Square. Like no one has ever done ever in the history of Times Square. I, uh, I really liked that, that shot. It was great. It was actually. a great shot. It was yeah. a beautiful shot. But as someone who had to go walk through Times Square to get to work for about six months, it takes... About a half an hour to run the three blocks that he ran just because there's so many pedestrians and so much traffic and so much whatever that I was like, man, I don't know how much money they paid to shut this down, but literally no one has ever been able to run this fast in Times Square before. There were like 10 people tops. (laughs) It's like a business guy, businesswoman, tourists. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And and that's credits roll. And scene. That was. You know, I I want to, I I think we all shouted it out in in a kind of a cool way. I you know I really liked like obviously Tilda Swinton is amazing in everything. Sure, always uh-huh. all yes, the time. Yes, she is. This is no exception for her. Also, mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Vince Vaughn is a little bit of, it's just like a problematic person now, I think, right? I think he supports some people that are uh, unsavory. But yeah. he was also very good in this, I thought. He was not like that um, kind of douchey. He didn't at least come off as that character that he generally plays, like that swingers character, which he wrote well, yeah. well into the aughts, you know? Mm-hmm. There was no room for him to have like the levity or the comedic relief in this. And I think that's the only time that comes out. Yeah. So I thought that was also um, really good. And God, mm-hmm. Keanu, the the main actor, too, um, who I don't know if I've, I've seen since, Lou. Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if I've seen him in anything since then. I'm actually looking it up right now. He was in the remake of Evil Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's unfortunate. So wait, he was? was? Yeah, he played Eric. I saw that. I don't know. Why do I not remember him? He's interesting. Yeah, I don't even think I spent the time on that remake of Evil Dead. I watched about ten minutes, and I was like, "Nah, I'm good." Nah. It's like, where's Bruce? (laughs) Um, yeah, interesting. That's Thumbsucker. It was a movie. Keanu was in it. It He was was great. So, uh, what are we thinking here in terms of recommendations? Are we going to recommend this one? So far, let let me just say, uh, two in a row so far, no recommendations. No recommendations for Babes in Toyland. uh, And no recommendations for Ellie Parker. Where are we falling down on Thumbsucker? I recommend it, for sure. I already have. Interesting. Okay. Um, if it came up, I probably would. All right. But I'm not going to go out of my way to say, hey, you should watch this. Okay. If someone said, hey, should I watch this? I would say, sure. All right. I'm going to mark you down as a yes. <laughs> but like. Whatever you took away from that is fine. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. And then with that, uh, where is this falling on your Keanu ranking, which is going to be a very interesting, uh, interesting situation, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with this. Yeah, this is kind of a weird one for me, too, because I enjoyed this movie. But how much did I enjoy this movie? It it is right in the middle. It's at number 23 between The Matrix Revolutions and The Watcher. (laughs) Mm, Wow. (laughs) Right. I feel like mine's going to be a lot higher than that. Yeah, I'm up. Well, like at... I said, I didn't. I'm very ambiguous. I am neither pleased nor displeased with this movie. I'm up at number thirteen, which puts it below Dracula and above River's Edge for me. Uh, which is a weird spot. God, it's almost. Why like... is River's Edge so high? We really need a record. <laughs> oh, it's coming soon. I'm, uh, this is going to be a lot harder than the first reckoning. Yeah, I'm, hang- sure. I'm hanging out at uh, at eight. What? Yeah, I'm taking the top. Look the top at you! Look at us. you! Top ten. All right. Yeah, I liked it. I think that I think these accurately reflect our excitement levels about the film. So that you know, it's always nice when it. You know, we get those times where I was like, I didn't really care for it. It's my number five film. 
<laughs> that's uh, never happened. Know, uh, yes, it has. That's <laughs> never happened. I don't know. The Watcher is number nine. All right. Uh, <laughs> Back off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. That's all been logged. It's available for you to view. We have links to all this stuff on the website. If you were if you were at all interested in seeing our current rankings and even making your own, please feel free to to ape this. That is probably contingent on you having watched along with us this whole time, though. So no pressure either way. Next week. I have the distinct honor of uh, leading us through our final film of season two. Oh, my God. This is a little film called Constantine. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Whitney said last week she had never seen this. And she also, oh, in this episode, she also said, when having got mm -hmm. some points. Uh, I have not seen this since seeing it in theaters. Uh, and I... Trying to remember it, I I saw this in theaters twice, so but not wow. since, but not since, so not in not in theaters since, not at all since, just in theaters, okay. and I never watched it since. <laughs> so I don't know if that bodes well or what, but I am very curious to revisit. Um, and apparently, again, we'll find out next week. But the cast in this is also something to behold for sure. <laughs> so yeah. Ev, are you excited? You're excited about this one? You saw it? Uh, I'm excited about it. I don't know if I've seen it. I feel like it was on at some college party, but I didn't actually watch it. You yeah, know? that feels about right where Constantine would be. Like, like on <laughs> in the background in a college party. Like, right. this shit's about religion, man. It's deep. Um, yeah. Yeah, everybody who, uh, everyone has asked about this film. A lot of people have asked about this film. And they, a lot of people all say the same thing. It's like, I like the comic and the movie was not very good. And, but then 15 years later, they're like, I, I watched the movie again and it's awesome because <laughs> yeah. they're further from the source material. So, right. Uh, right. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Very interested. I, I tend overall, like, I don't go out of my way to see them. But I tend to like comic book movies, even if they're not true to the source material, just because I think they're fun to watch. Sure. Mm. Um, like, I had a lot of problems with Watchmen when it came out, not the show, uh, yeah, the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And good. I still really enjoyed watching the movie. I just um, understand why people had issues with it. And, I, you know, I feel like Marvel went way too deep in the hole with the billion characters at once but i still like the marvel movies <laughs> um uh, so I, I think i'm gonna like it i don't know the comic book at all so i don't know like i, I don't think i'm gonna have any issues as far as um what's true to the story and what's a departure so yeah. i feel like i'm gonna really like it because i have nothing to compare it against and i generally think that comic book movies are fun yeah this so one... i'm looking forward to it because i think i'm gonna like it. This one's, it's going to be, I, I have no, I've never read the comics or any, and you, you honestly can't please anybody because this is a property. They just took the name and every very, some symbolism. And then they made a movie and people are like, it's not the source material. I don't like it. And then I think maybe a year within the past five years, they made a television show that was like 
slavishly devoted to the comic book and people are like, I don't like it. So, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. At least Keanu's in it. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's something else. Any other closing thoughts before we, we wrap this thing up? Mm, no. Mm-mm. All right. Whitney, what do you got going on this week? Uh, not much. I have been on hiatus from all my other podcasts still. So nice. Well, uh, <laughs> hot starting up again any minute. Now, so, okay. At historically hot on all social media, you can follow me at Whitney underscore Nelson, N E L S E N on Twitter. And I will retweet anything that I've been in. I was just recently, you may be familiar with Macintosh and mod. I was just in a, an episode where I watched my little pony friendship is magic where they go to Las Pegasus, which is their version. Of, it's the pony version of Las Vegas. Wow. So if you are interested in hearing me talk about that episode of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, you can find Macintosh and Mod and listen to that. Uh, but other than that, uh, I liked it. Uh, Flim and Flam are like two old school carnival barkers with like stripy vests and mustaches. <laughs> and they say like, get your head out of the sauce, see? And stuff like that. And nice. um, they're great. So I... Literally, the only episodes of My Little Pony that I've seen are to be on Macintosh and Mod. There you go. So I've seen three episodes total scattered throughout all of the seasons of it. And that's all that I've seen. Um, so I have a very weird opinion of My Little Pony Friendship <laughs> is Magic. Do they uh, say the, yeah. uh, like, what stays in Las Pegasus? What happens in Las Pegasus stays in? I think they did. Okay. I think they did something like that. And the guy who ran the, like, casino uh, was an Elvis impersonator type person. Like, he had a very Elvis vibe about him. Mm. He went like, uh-huh. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. I was picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, obviously, subscribe to Mac and Maud. They have multiple podcasts but uh, they have a lot of obviously podcasts. i want to pimp the one that we did with them which was you know for babes in toyland it, you know mm-hmm. we're, we're a little past the holiday season but it's not it's really still a still christmas a movie it's not even it's really way better listen than it is a watch let me just put it that way <laughs> nice so there you go so there you go ev yeah what uh what what do you got what are you doing where you been where are you going uh as far as the internet's concerned, I'm doing uh, a bup kiss. Um, I have an Instagram that is hardly ever updated. Uh-huh. That's at Evan Acre. Uh, I have a Twitter that follows suit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't care. You can go follow me if you want. Awesome. Should people friend you on Facebook? Maybe can they endorse you for anything on LinkedIn? I, I'm trying. I want to help if possible. We have. Yeah. We have I mean, definitely go get creative. Um, I have no shame. So okay. find me anywhere you want and do whatever you want. <laughs> that is <laughs> such crazy. an open, such an yeah. open invitation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here it's I am. Much. It's too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can find me on most social platforms at Dark Driving. I've been spending a little bit of time over on Twitch uh, at Dark Driving over there, and I may begin co-streaming the show there as well because you get some special bonuses if you stream off in there, and I want to get those special bonuses. So 
to get more things. So do that. Follow me on Twitch and anywhere else you might like. And as always, at Cool Breeze Pod. That's great. Love love chatting with all of you. Love talking. Love making the show with the two of you. Aww. Oh, my God. Ditto. I I mostly like it. (laughs) What's your least favorite? Rude. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't like the cool. You just don't like the uh, the pop quiz results thus far. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Not a huge fan. (laughs) Now that we've entered pity phase. (laughs) So. Okay. I love. Waiting until it gets awkward and starting this theme song. <laughs> yeah, every time. Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Bye.